Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert. They're off and running again. So smooth. So sweet. Splendid. Succinct. Just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me today to discuss some Champions League footy is my friend and co-host, BJ Cunningham. Anthony DeBundo is out. He's at the Philadelphia Union Booster Club meeting, I'm pretty sure. So we wish Anthony and the Phillies, the Union, all the Philadelphia sports teams the best. But BJ and I have some business to attend to. Before we get to that, though, a reminder... Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, get 200 free. All right, BJ, uh, this is the last match week uh, of the group stage of the Champions League. When we come back from the World Cup uh, sometime in, I believe, the middle of February, we will start the knockout stage. Uh, and we will start with Group D, which is by far the most interesting going into this last match week. Spurs are at the top of the table with eight points. Sporting and Frankfurt are behind them, seven apiece. And then Marseille is at the foot of the table, but they have six points. So any really any combination of teams can advance here. Marseille hosts Spurs. Let's talk about this one first. The French side, they're plus 200. Spurs are road favorites, plus 130. The draw here is plus 240. Of course, these odds are coming to you from... Our friends at Bet365, you and I, more than Anthony, who is a Spurs fan, you're an Arsenal fan. So this is funny that I think you and I are higher on Spurs than than Anthony generally is. Paid off this past weekend when they, they got a, a wonky win yep. against Bournemouth. I like Spurs here. I think this game uh, kind of plays into their hands there. We talked a little bit about this with Atleti and it didn't pay off there, but there are very few managers who I think handle these kind of situations better than Diego Simeone or Antonio Conte, where it's you basically you need to grind out whatever result you need. They will set their team up to do so. Yeah, I don't know if Conte is going to be on the sidelines because he got the yeah. red card at the end. So I mean, him, I'm sure he'll has his have his team set up, you know, the way they need to be set up. So I don't really think that there's that can be that much of a, you know, disadvantage to not having Conte on the sidelines. But yeah, I'm actually glad Anthony's not on this podcast so we can actually talk <laughs> through this without him just poo-pooing everything we say because Kulisevsky's out. But the reality is, is that Tottenham against Sporting in their last Champions League match, like they went behind early. And then from then on, they were the better side when they had to kick it into high gear, right? So they ended up, you know, it was 1.7 to 0.7 on XG. They obviously had the, the goal varred off at the very end, which is why Conte got the red card, screaming at the referee, screaming some obscenities at him. Then you look at this last weekend, you know, Bournemouth scores two goals off of a couple of low quality chances and Tottenham has to kick it into high gear and they end up creating over two expected goals, scoring three and, and getting a nice road win. Now we have a match where... I mean, this price is too cheap on Tottenham. Like we can sit here and say like, there are problems with Tottenham. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not so sure about the way they're playing right now, but 
I mean, plus 135 on the road at Marseille, it's just far too cheap. If you look at Marseille in the Champions League, it's kind of funny. There's really only two matches we can like glean from because, right? Because the first match against Tottenham, they got a red card late in the second half. The two matches against Sporting, Sporting got red cards inside the first 20 <laughs> minutes. So you can't really glean anything from those two matches. So we have two matches against Frankfurt where they lost both of them and they deserve to lose both of them. They only created 1.4 expectables total at a little over 30 touches in Frankfurt's penalty era combined over the two meetings. So, and the other thing I like to like to say is, okay, the first time these two teams met, Tottenham was minus 200 on the money line. I, I like to say 50, usually 50 cents on the money line is where, uh, what home field advantages is in the champions league. So essentially what you could say is like, all right, from that point on to this, like Tottenham should be even money. So now the market's telling you like, no, 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 Tottenham's actually gotten worse since that point that they faced Marseille, which is kind of true. I would say like, but not to this extent yeah. of 35 cents on the money line. And then also, if you look at it, I mean, these two teams have, they have the exact same expected goal differential in their domestic leagues. Tottenham's at plus 6.8. Marseille is at plus 6.8. The difference between Europe or between England and France is, is a full goal, the way I project it. And then if you, you know, obviously if you give a little bit of home field advantage to Marseille, so right there, you're saying, okay, Spurs should be about, you know, minus 0.75 really, or even close, you know, so I have them projected at minus 140. So I think this price is far too cheap on Tottenham plus one thirty five. Plus they have they have to win it right because Sporting's sitting behind them. They have the they have the tiebreaker over them. If Marseille ends up beating them, well then they completely jump Tottenham. Or and you know they could they could scoreboard watch. But that's a dangerous game to play. So uh, they have to go for this. And you know the other thing you could say is like they have Liverpool on deck, but you have to focus on the Champions League and you got to get through. So I like Tottenham plus one thirty five. I'm with you. That point you made about Marseille, they need to win, right? Marseille has yep. no choice. So Tottenham can sit deep, right? They right. can just and sit deep exactly and they can what, just counter them. That's yeah. what you want out of Tottenham. So like, that's what I'm saying with Conte. Like, yes, he, he's not going to be on the sideline, but we know who's managing this game, right? Like it's yeah. going to be an Antonio Conte team. He'll uh, have, he'll have a microphone. He'll have an yeah. earpiece and he'll be, he'll be relaying everything. Bobby Don't, Valentine worry. Don't worry. I just think the situational spot, a lot of times we say with Tottenham, like, handicapping them is, is so much more like an art than a science because so much comes down to stylistic kind of matchups. And this one just really, really uh, begs you to bet on Spurs, even as a road favorite. So I like Spurs at plus 130. I'm with you. I'm sure Anthony, yeah, we are, we're lucky not to have Anthony here to throw cold water on yeah, us. Yeah, He'll just throw cold water, poo poo everything yeah. and just say, Oh my gosh, the sky is falling with Tottenham when the reality Third is place in the Premier League. they've created over two yeah. expected goals in their last two it's matches. A good team. Like, yeah. It's um, just it's a good team. Yeah. And and remember, like the hype that surrounded Tottenham coming in was like they were the you know, they were supposed to be right. doing what Arsenal was supposed to be doing or is doing right. Like they're right. the outsider that if if one of Liverpool or City fell off, the who's going to gate crash it? Everyone thought it was going to mm-hmm. be Tottenham. So like the they're still in third place. Months, <laughs> yeah, like it's this, this is a great team still. Let's talk about the other game in Group D. As I said, Sporting and Frankfurt are both tied, same record, two one and two, seven points apiece. So this one sets up. On a knife edge, really. The Sporting's plus 130 at home. Frankfurt plus 210 on the road. The draw here is plus 240. We think of these Portuguese sides a lot as low block, defend with your life, especially in Champions League when you just don't have the talent level of the teams they're playing against. Sporting's played some pretty high event matches in the Portuguese top division. 3.18 goals per match total, which is second most in Portugal. So I was kind of leaning towards the Portuguese side here. I know you are going that way. So I'm happy to be convinced to play the home favorite here. Yeah, it's definitely a lean for me. I'm, I'm going to need a little bit of a better number on sporting right now, because the reality is, is I'm going to sit here and say that I think I was kind of wrong about Frankfurt coming into the season. Like they have performed 
much, much better than their underlying numbers from last season. So a lot of what my projections have right now are relying on those priors where Frankfurt was, you know, a minus 11 expected goal differential. I mean, even this past weekend, like they lost 2 one to Dortmund, but they outcreated them 1.9 to 0.7. Like they deserved to win that match. If you look through, you know, even the last match against sporting, like yes, yeah, sporting won three, nothing, they hurt Frankfurt pretty badly on the counter and things kind of got out of hand once sporting scored the first goal, but you know, final XG was only 0.9 to 0.8. Like it was actually a pretty close match. So you look at sporting, there's some weird game theory stuff going on here, right? Because they have the tiebreaker over Tottenham. And they won the first match against Frankfurt three, nothing. So as long as they don't lose this match three, nothing, they will have the tiebreaker over them, but they are tied on points. So you could say, all right, if sporting just gets a draw and as long as Marseille doesn't beat Tottenham, like they're through, you could see a scenario where sporting gets you know caught scoreboard watching to see if Tottenham is actually going up on Marseille of whether they need to kick it into high gear or not. So that's the thing about the final week of the champions league. When we have all this weird game theory stuff going on, it's like, it's hard for me to sit here and, and, and recommend a bet on sporting, whether it be like a draw, no bet, especially paying a price of minus minus one twenty against, you know, Frankfurt who absolutely has to go for it and is playing a lot better. Now, the flip side of that is his Frankfurt has been very vulnerable on the counter, like and sporting can absolutely just pick them apart just like they did in the first meeting. So unless I get sporting, you know, drawn a bet at, you know, I'd say minus one Oh five or, or even money, that would probably be my price point to actually play them in this match. Or if you want to hop in lot, there's a lot of good live betting scenarios as well, like in this as it too. Um, so I would recommend everybody out there just know what each team has to do to get to the round of 16 or to the Europa league to finish third place, because there are some opportunities to live bet here, either side. Group B Bruges is at the top with 10 points. As we all predicted Porto right behind them at nine at Letty and Leverkusen are both out of the champions league, but that third place Europa league spot is still up for grabs at Letty's at five points. Leverkusen's at four Porto is hosting at Letty. Porto is plus 145 at home at Letty plus 180 on the road. The draw here is plus 240. Uh, you'd think that the from a motivational standpoint, Porto would get the edge, right? Like they they can win the group with a win. Bruges is a big underdog on the road in Leverkusen. So and sure, Atletico, you know, maybe they they do want to keep playing European soccer and being going into the Europa League. But this is a, a club that's used to qualifying for the knockout stages, and this is a really really tough one to to break down because of uh, those kind of weird situations. So I would lean towards like. I honestly wouldn't lean towards it. I have nothing here. I can't, I can't yeah. even figure it out. And it makes me sad because I love this athletic team and right. we loved Simeone, but uh, I could totally see them just mailing it in. Right. And the problem is, is that Atletico's got some injuries too. Marat yep. is out, Kondang B is out, Lamar, Koke, Marcus Llorente. Like they're already dealing with a ton of injuries as it is. They had a very bad performance against Cadiz over the weekend. Like yeah. Cadiz is one of the worst teams in all of Europe. And they, they, they and like 98th they, minute. 90th minute goal. They always, you always see plus nine when yeah. in Atleti games. Yeah, with, uh, exactly. There's always goals within like the ninth minute of stoppage yeah. time, right? And that's what happened in this match too, right? It, it was one of the worst beats ever, under two and a half, three goals in stoppage time. But yeah, it's, you know, that first match, I mean, Atleti scored two goals off 0.7. So like, it's difficult, right? And your Porto is just sitting there at plus 150. Like their incentive is to go forward and win. Like a loss means absolutely nothing. Like, okay, they'll finish in second place. But yeah, it's, it's very, very difficult. You know, these teams have obviously played each other many different times and there's just been chaos in every single match, but Porto has held their own against Atletico and actually beaten them on expected goals quite a few times. So 
if you want to try and play Porto, you know, at this number, like I, I do have it projected right at a pick them. So I, I highly doubt, like if you want to play Porto, I'd play them now because I think as we get closer to match time and I think a lot of money will start to come in on Porto because they're the, really the only ones with some true incentive here. And I, I don't know if Atletico anymore, like, it's just like, I was so close to playing them on uh, on Saturday morning, Michael, but I, I just stayed away. I was just like, all right, fine. I'll just stay away. Cause they were dropping down to minus 150 against one of the worst teams in Europe. So I don't know with Simeone anymore. I hope we're not reaching the end with him, but no. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but, no, I'm I'm passing as well. This one's too hard to figure out. No, we're never. He's gonna be there forever. He, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Fade too much. Right? What's, what's the guy's name? <laughs> Coach K at Duke. He'll he'll yep. love that much. All right. The other match here is Leverkusen Bruges. Leverkusen odds on minus one seventy five at home. Bruges is plus four hundred. The draw is plus three thirty three. I like Bruges here. I do. I like this price is too too high against Leverkusen. Leverkusen is not that good. Like we talked right. about last Champions League episode. You look at their underlying numbers in Germany, they're ugly. They're re- like fringe of relegation form. And this market is pricing them like this because this is a must-win spot for Leverkusen to qualify for Europa League, so they should play hard. And, you know, Bruges is already qualified for the Champions League with knockout stage. Uh, but Bruges can win the group. Like, that's a huge deal. Like, they're not yep. just going <laughs> to go to uh, you know, Leverkusen and, and not play at their A side, which sure, like it's not going to be up there in talent level as Leverkusen's. But right. This is, this is not as, as straightforward as these odds suggest. So I, I like a bet here on Bruges at four to one. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I actually like over three and a half goals at, at plus one thirty. And I, that's part of the reason I like it too, is this right. game has chaos written all it over it. It has chaos written all over because with all of the tiebreakers, so it what we have right now is is Bruges is one point ahead of Porto, and but the reality is with all the tiebreakers, since Bruges beat Porto four nothing in the first meeting, but then Porto beat them four nothing in the second meeting, all of the head to heads mean absolutely nothing, which means it goes to group goal differential, and Porto has a one goal advantage over them. So now Bruges is sitting there, and they have to say, oh crap we can't, we have to go for this now. Like we have to go and try and win because Porto is essentially going to, (laughs) they're going to assuming they're going to beat Atletico and which I think is going to create an incredibly open match. You know, you look at the last two match between these two teams, you know, only 1.5 goal expected goals were, were created, but Leverkusen had two goal, two goals varred off. Like it was a very like back and forth type match. There was like, you know, the, if you look at expected threat, it was quite high in the match. But yeah, like you said, with Leverkusen, like under Shabby Alonso, there's just been a lot of chaotic matches. You know, in three of their five matches, they have created over two expected goals. Like the offense is still there. Patrick Schick is coming back. He made an appearance against RB Leipzig this weekend. So they will have their number one striker on the field. And I think Bruges is going to be happy to sit back, which is going to create a lot of open space with Leverkusen just having to go all in, go for it, like no matter what. That's going to create an incredibly open game. And guess what? Simon Minile is still due for some aggression. So I think that this is going to create a very open match. You know, I have a, a close to three and a half goals projected for it. So I do like the plus number at, at over three and a half. I think we just have, have absolute chaos written all over this match. The Group D matches here are the, they have the most drama, I guess, on Tuesday, but this one has right. the most chaos written all on it group c not too much to talk about here Bayern at 15 points have won the group inter at 10 points they're going to be joining them in the knockout stages those two teams will meet and then barca at four points they're already going to the europa league pleasant zero points are going home Bayern's minus 250 hosting inter six to one the draw here is plus 400 this is like it's a meaningless game 
Inter are still good. Bayern are really good. It comes down to lineups, but I'm I think a bet on Inter here is not a terrible idea. Because if you if let's say it's B squad versus B squad, which I would say is the most likely situation, you just never know, right? Like there's gonna be a lot right. of players looking to get back into shape. There's all this stuff. Like so six to one is worth it. And when these lineups come out, I'm I'm assuming this price is gonna come down on Inter because unless Bayern throws us a uh, like a Jurgen Klopp style curveball where he, throws, yeah. he plays everybody. So I'm going to be betting Inter like with the Bruges bet. I think it's just you have on these kind of match weeks, you, you have one of two choices. You can either lean into the chaos or basically just stay completely away from it. And I'm just going to lean into like the weirdness and and hope that, you know, I can catch one of these big dogs. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I like under three and a half goals. It's currently saying at minus 120. Like you said, with the, with the lineups, it's, um, it, it's interesting. You know, if you look back through, you know, Bayern, the last two seasons have pretty much wrapped up their champions league groups, like pretty handily and have had a couple meaningless matches. If you look at two years ago, they played a match against Atletico meant absolutely nothing to them. They drew them one, one, they sat very deep and just kind of, you know, just played the match out. If you look at last year, they played, they played Barcelona in a completely meaningless match where Barcelona had everything to play for. They beat them three, nothing and held Barcelona to 0.4 expected goals. So I'm expecting Bayern. Like, again, I don't really know what they're going to do with their lineups. Like, I don't know if the world cup also kind of brings in some, some interesting scenarios with this because you know, obviously Bayern has a ton of, of, of German players and, you know, is, is Hansi Flick who formerly managed Bayern Munich, is he going to give me, giving a call to Nagelsmann and saying like, Hey, you need to rest an RB. Like you need to rest Thomas Mueller. You need to rest Kimmich, all these guys in a completely meaningless match. And I think they, it would be in their best interest to do that. Like if you look at Bayern's upcoming schedule, they, it's pretty easy up until the world cup and, you know, Union Berlin's already going to win the Bundesliga. So they don't, you know, they have no incentive to really try and go for it. I mean, they got Hertha Berlin, Werder Bremen and Schalke on deck before the world cup. So you could see Byron shut it down and just say like, Oh, this match means nothing. We're not going to play anybody. Like it's just going to be B squad. Whereas Inter, on the other hand, like they could play some guys, try and go for this. Like it's hard to sit here and just like, you know, try to do like a tactical or like a statistical analysis of like these two teams when the match means absolutely nothing. So I'm going to bet under three and a half goals. Cause I think that's just, it's far too high in a match where, you know, we have two teams who are essentially, I think are just going to pass the ball around because again, this world cup thing that's looming over everybody like does play into it where guys are now starting to think like, I don't want to get hurt before the world cup. So am I really going to be like pressing like, like, uh, like crazy and trying to make tackles and, and, you know, like, like sprinting as fast as I can. Like, no, this is like, I have a feeling this is going to be a pass the ball around for 90 minutes and, and let's go home. So I'm, I'm on under three and a half balls. Yeah. And a lot of times we, we kind of dread situations like this, but I think it's, you know, as you, you only get, a few opportunities like this a season. And this isn't just to soccer, right? It's, it's all sports like, you know, week 17 in the NFL and stuff like that. Like you need to just kind of come up with your own little game plan. Right. To figure out like, how's the best way to extract, like to put myself in the best position that if this, this, and this go happen, I come away with a big payday. Right. And I think the biggest thing, especially this doesn't go for this match, but for every single match in the champions league, cause we do have a lot of matches that mean absolutely nothing or one team's playing for something. One team's not it's lineups. Honestly, it just yeah. comes down to lineups. And so if, if, you know, if you're new to betting soccer lineups usually come out one hour before the match. So usually what I do, and I know Anthony does this as well, but I sit down one hour before the match and I'm checking, I've got, 
you know, notifications on the team's uh, Twitter pages. And to, that's usually how they put them out. And then line move, lines move like crazy after the lineups come out. So if you really want to be on top of things, like, you know, wait until the, everybody's lineup come out and just like know who the key players are for every team and, and if they're playing or not. So um, that would be my best recommendation to everybody that how to manage these type of Champions League matches. Speaking of meaningless, Pleasant, they're 10 to 1 at home hosting Barcelona, <laughs> minus 400. The draw here is plus 500. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got nothing yeah, here. No, it's, it's like, um, Barcelona can play their D squad and it won't matter. Right. It won't matter, but it does, it does make a good point. It is a good point that's, you know, for Pleasant, like they're not going through this match is at home. Like it means everything, everything to them, even though they're not going through. So they're actually going to put forth a full, full effort. Whereas Barcelona has absolutely nothing to play for. So, I mean, you could play that card, but then yeah, Barcelona could play their D squad. And the second that Pleasant tries to do any sort of pressing or getting guys going forward, Barcelona could just, punish them and and win this match seven, nothing. So who knows, just these types of scenarios are best to just kind of avoid and move on. Group A, Napoli's at the top 15 points, Liverpool 12, IX at three, Rangers zero. Liverpool's odds on at home, minus 138, Napoli's plus 320 on the road, oh the drug is plus 320. <laughs> Liverpool just lost the Leeds. They lost to, they've lost to Nottingham Forest. They've beaten Man City. They got pasted by Napoli in the first meeting. I just I I don't have anything here except that I don't think that you can make Liverpool minus one thirty. Yeah, it's a team like Napoli right now, but it's just the situation that scares me off the Italians. I mean, Napoli they just need to essentially not lose three nothing. Right, and that's basically what it is, or some type of other wonky score. So yeah, it's I mean they're going to sit deep and they're going to counter Liverpool who's looked terrible in transition defense. They're just making mistakes left and right. And the biggest thing here Michael is that Liverpool has Tottenham on deck in on the weekend. So I don't know what Klopp's going to do. Like he's in a very like impossible situation where he like the reality should say that Liverpool should rest guys and that they should focus on the match against Tottenham because they are falling behind big time in the premier league and that the reality of them actually beating Napoli three, nothing is just not, it's just not there right now. So for me, I, I would say, you know, minus minus one thirty-eight is steep. Like, you know, I'd, I'd wait until lineups come out, but for Liverpool, they really probably should be resting guys. And the yep. same thing with Napoli, like Napoli will probably be resting guys as well. Like they don't really have any incentive. They'll probably keep those guys on the bench, you know, in case they need them. But this is one of the other matches that's just very, very hard to play, given the fact that Napoli has that big of a significant of a tiebreaker over them of that 4-1 meeting. And guess what? It was deserved, too, because they created four expected goals against Liverpool. So I'm not really sure what to do with Liverpool right now. I think the best case scenario is just for them to just get through, like just get through this match without any injuries, honestly, (laughs) and then get to the match against Tottenham on the weekend. Uh, Rangers and Ajax are the other is the other match in this group Rangers plus 280 at home oh IX gosh. minus 118 on the road the draws plus 300 I got I'm not I'm not going near No the, I'm not and Rangers right. and I, I thought about it for a second but Rangers has a ton of injuries so if you're thinking like oh my gosh this is the last chance for Rangers like IX has nothing to play for like Rangers has a ton of guys injured and they just don't care so yeah uh pass Let's flip to Wednesday now before we do that a reminder that Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. You can get 200 free Wednesday. Uh, let's talk about Chelsea's group. 
Chelsea, 10 points at the top. They're through. Milan, 7 points. Salzburg right behind them at 6. Zagreb at 4. Technically, any of these three teams could get through, but a lot of things would have to break right for, for Zagreb. Milan is minus 188 at home, hosting Salzburg, who are 8-1. to The draw here is plus 320. One thing that's interesting about this Milan team is, is they're being disrespectful. I mean, we don't think they're as good as... They're not in the elite tier of the Champions League teams. They're not even in that, that second tier, probably. But they're only three losses this season. Chelsea twice and Napoli, who both those teams you could put close to that elite tier in the Champions League groups, in the Champions League field. I would lean towards Salzburg here. That being said, I just, do you trust Milan in the situation as a minus 188 favorite? Not with what we've seen out of them. I don't think. I know Anthony will probably be playing the Austrian side too. He'll probably play the spread. What do you have here? Yeah, I do like under two and a half at plus 115. So the reality is, is that Milan just needs to get a draw and they are through pretty much. If you look at, you know, Salzburg's one point behind them, the last meeting between these two, it was, you know, pretty even. It was 1-1, Salzburg won unexpected goals, 1.3 to 0.9. The reason, you know, I don't hate a play on, on Salzburg plus one, like I know Anthony likes. I do like under two and a half because... Again, Milan is going to play very defensive. And the reality of what Salzburg has done and they've shown in the Champions League when they've played Chelsea and they've played AC Milan is they've sat back in a 4-4-2 or some type of variation of that. And they've essentially just looked to counter them. Now, when they went behind against Chelsea, like you saw it, they kicked it into high gear and they went for it and they created a bunch of chances. But at the other end of that spectrum is, is since they're playing so defensive, since they're playing such a low block, if they are able to go ahead against AC Milan, they're going to sit on it. Like they're not one of these teams that's going to say, all right, let's continue to keep this game open and go for it and everything like that. So I expect Milan to try to control a lot of possession. I expect them to also play very defensive and play very conservative for most of this match. And what I've seen from, from Salzburg and champions league past is that they're not the type of team. It's like, Oh my gosh, we need to go for this. Let's just come out, you know, ball to the wall. Let's go after these teams and, and, and try and win it. Like that hasn't really been them. Like, even if you look at the match against Bayern last year, like, you know, the, they obviously lost seven, one in the reverse fixture, but you know, a lot of that had to do with um, Bayern just going ballistic, but the reality is, is they're going to set up very defensive and they're going to wait for their moments to, to counter. And, and basically what they do is they try to bait these bigger sides like Chelsea or, or Milan into making a mistake. And then they just have a lot of speed youth going forward on the counter. And I expect them to do that in this match as well, you know, and, and I think under two and a half, you know, especially at plus plus one fifteen, is, is a little too big of a price for me uh, to play it. Considering one of these teams is going to have is wanting to just get a draw. I, I don't hate to play on Salisbury plus one, but I'm beyond under two and a half goals at plus plus one fifteen. Chelsea minus 300. As I said, they're through. They just need to eke out a point, really. Uh, or, I mean, they have the tiebreaker over Milan. Yeah. So they're, so they're, they're already through. won the group. Yeah, they yeah. won the group, right. So you'd expect them to rest people. Zagreb can can get to the Europa League. And they'll be gunning for it because they'll look, yep. at, they'll look at the matchup that Salzburg has in Milan and think they're going to lose. So if we can steal something from Chelsea for the second time in this uh, group stage... We can do it. They're eight to one. The Croatian side are uh, the draw here is plus four twenty five. I mean, you, you either look at the underdog here or you get the hell away of this from this match in right. terms of playing a side. I don't hate a look at, at Zagreb either on the money line or, or yeah. plus one and a half at, at minus one time, which is a pretty decent price. You know, they, they obviously performed very well against Chelsea in this meeting last time. Like 
okay, it's, it's a little bit of a different scenario. Like the last time they were able to sit in a low block encounter and then they converted, you know, a couple chances that they had and then expected goals ended up being even and it ended up being the end of Thomas Tuchel as well. But you look at the matches against AC Milan, they've gotten trounced in both of those meetings. You know, Milan created over five and a half expected goals combined in those two meetings. And when Zagreb has to play very open, like you saw against AC Milan, like things kind of get out of hand. So, but yeah, from a, just from a, you know, rotational spot. I mean, Potter's going to have to rotate guys. Like there would be no incentive to actually play some of their best players. So, um, yeah, I, I don't hate a look at Zagreb, you know, plus one and a half. This is another one of those things where I would, I would wait for lineups to come out before playing it. But yeah, I I'm, I'm leaning towards Zagreb. I don't know if I have the courage to play it though. <laughs> We'll see. We got a couple of days to work it up. All of us uh, in the Action Network app and find yeah. out if I have the courage or not. <laughs> Let's move to the uh, the Real Madrid group there at the top with 10 points. Leipzig, 9 points. Shakhtar, 6. Celtic, 2. Uh, let's look at Shakhtar and Leipzig first. This one's taking place in Warsaw. Shakhtar is plus 333 at, you know, quote-unquote home. Leipzig, minus 150 on the road. The draw here is plus 333. Leipzig second best expected goal differential in the Bundesliga. We we said that you know that, like we mentioned them as an, a potential long shot bet before the group stages. I still like them. They're sixty six to one at bet three six five to win the whole tournament. Still think that's an interesting number uh, if you are looking for a long shot to bet. I mean, think about last last year. This is about the time where we started to really pump uh, the tires for Villarreal at two hundred to one, and we got that one in the semifinals. So I'll be on my uh, lookout for this season's Yellow Submarine. It might be Leipzig, a much shorter number, but still. That said, I got nothing here. Uh, you know, it's a tough situation for Leipzig. You know, Shakhtar's got to go for it. It's an all-in spot, and and, and Leipzig will too because they'll try to win this group and hope that you know maybe Real Madrid slips up at Celtic or hopes hosting Celtic. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because you know this is uh, the reverse fixture of this was the famous Shakhtar winning four one in Germany off of five shots. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I I don't like the scenario. Like, I think just the match is priced correctly. That's like I was looking maybe to playing Shakhtar here because you know despite you know them overperforming on XG and we can go into that, but like they've sat in well in their defensive blocks and they've countered like very effectively. They have still have some attacking players that can give RB Leipzig a lot of problems, just like they did here in the first meeting. So, you know, with Leipzig going for it, it does create a little bit more of an open match, but then again, you know, if Shakhtar is going to have to come out of their very, very low defensive block, that they've played through the first five matches. Like that's a scary thought, especially with Nkunku and Timo Warner and Andre Silva coming at you. So I'm actually staying away. I think this, this match is actually priced correctly. You know, I have, I have RB Leipzig around minus 120. you know, so I could say they're a little bit overvalued, but I, it's a scary thought trying to take Shakhtar uh, when they are not able to sit back in their defensive block. So I'm passing. Real Madrid, this one is going to be oh, fun. Oh gosh. Uh, this, this is, oh, it's so there was just no way I was going to sit this one out. You know, yeah. Madrid are minus four fifty at home. Celtic ten to one. The draw is six one. Here's something we know about Real Madrid: once a group stage, they just don't show up. We usually see it early because they can pace themselves. They know they can. They'll back themselves to get into the knockout stages, even if they drop a group. And they don't really care if they finish atop a group. Sure, they want to win the group, but or finish second because they're Real Madrid. Like they'll, they'll take care of whoever in the knockout stages because they're really tough to beat in that kind of format. Yeah. This is it for Celtic, right? This is the last hurrah. 
They don't get to go to the Champions League very often. Been a long time since Celtic were in the group stages, and and they get a chance to go to the Bernabeu and, and collect collect a famous win. So they'll be up for it. The Scottish Premiership is always like they'll, them or Rangers. They'll you know they'll be neck and neck forever or whatever. It's like so this doesn't really weigh in on on the equation here. So this is kind of like an insular, almost almost like a testimonial or or like preseason friendly style right. match, right? Uh, and that's why I, I think you lean into chaos and you, you, you take the 10 to one here. Yeah. I, I just looking at this, it's so, so hard not to take Celtic. Like I bet them every single match in this champions league and I have not won one bet on them. And I am just staring down at like purely from like a numbers perspective. I do have, I had value on Celtic when they were playing at Celtic park and I still have value on them here when they're going to the Bernabeu. You could make the case that Kareem Benzema is probably not going to play in this match, which gives you know Celtic a little bit of an advantage. But the reality is that I just don't know if I can do it anymore, Michael. I think I have to sit back and pass this one because Celtic can go for it. And that's wonderful. But when we saw once things started to open up after this, after, you know, Vinicius Jr. scored the first goal in the first meeting, like things got really, really bad. And it's happened to them against RB Leipzig as well. So, yeah, I mean, if you're going to play something, play Celtic on the money line, like don't play them on the spread because once things get out of hand, they get out of hand very quickly. But I mean, Celtic, they only have a minus 0.3 expected goal differential in this group, but a minus seven actual goal differential. So like they've been unlucky. A lot of that is their matches against, you know, Shakhtar and Leipzig, but yeah, I, I just don't know if I can do it anymore, but there is some value on Celtic. Yeah, you can do it. Well, I'll convince you by Wednesday. Yeah, man, just no a little, little, little sprinkle. On I'll the do a little line. sprinkle. A little yeah. sprinkle. I'll, one. Yeah. All right. Group H now PSG and Benfica. They're tied at the top of the group at 11 points, Juve and Haifa at the foot. Of the group, they both have three points. Haifa, they're plus 350 at home, hosting Benfica, minus 150 on the road. The draw here is plus 320. Similarly, Juventus is plus 350 at home, hosting PSG, minus 143 on the road. The draw is just a little shorter at plus 300. Both of these matches are a pass for me. Uh, Juventus was the only one I was kind of interested in, but as you'll explain, you just can't do it because of the, the injury list. Right. Yeah. I was, I was actually looking forward to playing Juventus. I thought they've kind of turned a corner a little bit. If you look at their results in Syria, ah, like they've been playing much better lately. And even the match against Benefica, like they, I know they lost four, three, but like they created almost three expected goals and were actually in the match and, and looked much better offensively. And the reality is, is that, you know, PSG on the other hand, like they, they kind of like, yeah, they beat Haifa seven, two, but they just basically were able to do whatever they wanted offensively against them. They scored on pretty much every single shot they took. And then they played a very sleepy match against Troy over the weekend and had to end up winning four, three against them against a bottom tier for, uh, league unside. So, you know, Juventus right now, Dusan Blahovic's out. It looks like Leandro Paradise, Bremer, Di Maria, De Siglo, Locatelli, they're all out. So it's uh, it's really hard for me to sit here and, and play Juventus uh, given all of those injuries. So I will be passing. But Juventus is in a very, very weird spot, as we'll explain the Haifa match, because they lost 2 nothing in Israel and the reverse match was 3-1 in Italy. The third tiebreaker after you go with um it's you know head-to-head points, then head-to-head goal differential, it's goals in head-to-head matchups. So Haifa scored one more goal than Juventus, so they have the tiebreaker over them. So it creates this very weird scenario where Juventus they like a loss doesn't get them through. Like they have to draw or they they have to win. So 
but they're playing a bunch of backups, which makes it very dangerous with PSG, obviously having to win it. So I am passing on this one because of too many injuries for Juventus. All right. Group G man city there at the top on 11 points, Dortmund eight, Sevilla five, Copenhagen two city is minus four fifty hosting Sevilla 11 to one to draw. Here's plus five fifty. I got nothing here either. It's pretty easy pass. Yeah, this is a lineup. The only thing I would say is, is keep an eye. Like, I don't really care what, if city wants to rotate guys against Sevilla, they, they'll probably end up pounding them. Holland's not going to play against Sevilla. Pep already said that. So, but then again, it doesn't really matter. The other match, the Dortmund one is a little bit interesting. Kind of like, like I've said with the, you know, uh, Victoria Pleasant situation that this match means everything to Copenhagen, even though they're not going to go through, like they get dormant at home and we'll see, like I, my guess is Dortmund's going to rest a ton of guys in this match since it means nothing. So you could maybe convince me with a play on Copenhagen, but again, I would have to wait until the lineups come out to see who Dortmund is actually going to play in this match. But you know, Copenhagen, since their last Champions League match, like they're going to play all their starters and they're going to give a full effort. So if I would play anything among these two matches, uh, maybe a play on Copenhagen on the money line or plus half a goal. Yeah, Copenhagen's uh, plus 333, Dortmund minus 143, and the draws uh, plus 333. I thought the same thing, like maybe, you know, with, with nothing at stake for Dortmund, it's it's a Copenhagen play, but probably a pass. I'll, I'll spend my uh, underdog money on team better teams like you know celtic europa league uh real quick you have a play here yeah let's just keep taking union Berlin unders like the last two in the during the bundesliga they've hit the over in the 93rd minute both times it's very funny but no i mean the first match between them and union saint gilosi out of belgium you know it was a one nothing game there was only 1.3 goals expected goals created and if you look at their group you know union Berlin is one point ahead of braga and gilosi's already won the group so they have Nothing to play for, no real incentive in this type of match. And Union Berlin is obviously one of these type of teams that even if they go ahead one nothing, they're going to sit on this game. They're not going to just keep going and trying to keep trying to keep winning because they have to assume that Braga is obviously going to beat Malmo. But every single match that Union Berlin has played in the Europa League, it's under two and a half expected goals have been created. So you have two under two and a half sitting at minus one ten. I simply think that is just too good of a price to pass up. I only have 1.9 goals projected for it. So I'm just going to try to take another Union Berlin under. All right. Uh, with that, we can wrap up and move to our favorite bets for this week's Champions League action. I'll go first. I like Tottenham. I like Tottenham Hotspur plus 130 on the road at Marseille. As we often say with Tottenham, so much of it comes down to stylistic and situational uh, handicapping. And this one just really plays into their strengths. Marseille need to win. Tottenham do not. They can sit back and they can just wait and wait and wait, hit the counter. Spurs are in wonky form. And so I think you're actually getting a little bit of a buy low spot despite them, you know, beating Bournemouth over the weekend. They needed to come back in that one, of course, as well. So really good spot for Tottenham here. Plus 130 on the road. Antonio Conte might not be on the sidelines, but he's going to be there with us in spirit. And so is Anthony. That's right. I like Leverkusen Bruges over three and a half goals at plus 130. This is going to be just a complete back and forth game. Leverkusen obviously has to go and try and win it as they're behind Atletico in the group for the third spot in a potential trip to the Europa League knockout stage. Bruges, after losing to Porto, brings in a lot of weird scenarios. They're one point ahead of them, so they have to assume that Porto is going to beat Atletico, so they have to go for this match as well. The last match between these two teams, only 1.5 expected goals were created, but there was a lot of back and forth. Leverkusen had two goals, Vardy, 
start off. And ever since Xabi Alonso has taken over the Leverkusen, they've created over two expected goals in three of their five matches. Also, Patrick Schick has been out for a few weeks. He's going to be back as the main front man for Leverkusen in this match. So I'm expecting a very, very open match. So I like the price at plus 130 on over three and a half goals. Uh, and that wraps up our last Champions League group stage preview. We will be back on Thursday morning to talk about the Premier League and make sure to follow the Wonder Goal podcast on the Action Network to follow our best bets throughout the season and get ready for the World Cup. We're going to have a ton, a ton of content coming your way on the podcast on actionnetwork.com all over the damn place. So keep an eye out there and remember to get those Uruguay bets in before the, the tournament starts. For BJ Cunningham, for Anthony DeBundo, I'm Michael Leboff, wishing you the best of luck with all your bets on Tuesday and Wednesday.